Hello everyone, Mark here from Casting Through Ancient Greece, bringing you a teaser from the latest bonus episode over on Patreon. If you like what you hear and want to support the series, you can head over to Patreon to support Casting Through Ancient Greece, where you'll gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many others. Hello everyone, thank you for the continued support here on Patreon, and welcome back for bonus episode number 9, Collapse of the Mycenaeans. As we are now approaching the end of the Bronze Age in these bonus episodes, I wanted to turn to the collapse that would take place, giving us a bookend for historical purposes, though as we should all be aware by now, these dividers are rarely neat. I have covered the collapse in the series episode, Collapse of the Bronze Age, in general terms, so for this episode, I want to focus mainly on what was happening in Mycenaean Greece. My plan was then to turn to what was happening to Mycenaeans during and after the collapse, though it quickly became apparent the topic would need to be the focus of our next bonus episode, with this one already being one of the longest I've done so far. Firstly though, let's just remind ourselves of the period to give some context to our look at the Mycenaeans. The Late Bronze Age was dominated by a number of empires and civilizations throughout the Aegean, Africa and the Near East. In Africa was Egypt, probably the most influential and oldest of all the Late Bronze Age civilizations. In Anatolia was another powerful empire, that of the Hittites, encompassing nearly all of modern Turkey. Further east towards Mesopotamia, we have the two power centres of Assyria and Babylon. Then heading back to our area of interest in the Aegean and mainland Greece, we have the civilization of the Mycenaeans, who had recently also absorbed the older Minoan civilization. Though if you cast your memories back to the survey of the Bronze Age world I did a few bonus episodes ago, you will find a more detailed view of these civilizations and the smaller kingdoms. All of these civilizations would be affected in one way or another by the Bronze Age collapse that would take place as the 12th century BC approached. Evidence of invasions, climate change, natural disasters, drought, famine, and perhaps even disease would seem to compound in many regions, leading to system collapse. This would see civilizations completely disappear in the case of the Mycenaeans and Hittites. Some would fragment and be a shell of their former self, especially around Mesopotamia, while others would decline in power but still remain a recognizable civilization, such as Egypt. So it is with that that we will now turn to the Aegean and Greek mainland to see this Bronze Age collapse from the Mycenaeans' perspective. The Mycenaeans had developed on the Greek mainland as the dominant civilization during the 18th century BC. They would then go on to incorporate the Minoan civilization of Crete and the Aegean. This would then see them reach their height during the 15th and 14th centuries. When thinking of the Mycenaeans, we should avoid thinking of them as a united empire. Much like the classical Greek age, they would be set up on independent political identities, though with a shared culture. In this case of the Mycenaeans, they appear to be founded on small kingdoms, some encompassing other settlements and cities, while some are limited to a single city or settlement and the immediate region around them. The name we use for the civilization comes from the city of Mycenae, recognized as the wealthiest and seemingly most powerful of all the Mycenaean kingdoms. We covered the Mycenaeans in greater detail during the series episode, The Mycenaeans, but now let's fast forward to the Late Bronze Age, where evidence of troubles can be seen that would mark the close of this age and the collapse of the Mycenaeans. In our episode on the collapse of the Bronze Age, we covered the events that seemed to be taking place around the Mediterranean world. This time around, we were just going to be focusing on the Mycenaeans, though as we will see, this will overlap in events in other regions. By the late stage of the 13th century, the picture of growth and prosperity in Mycenaean Greece seems to be interrupted. Their height seems to have been reached, 
and now a quick decline would appear to take over. Initially, localised destructions in a few regions were detected in the archaeological record. These could be seen in such places as Thebes, Upper Boeotia, where the city was burnt to the ground, while there is also evidence of destruction in some of the buildings situated out of the citadel at Mycenae on the Peloponnese. These destructions in of themselves don't seem to point to anything remarkable, as they could have quite easily been from localised wars or other events. Though, seeing what was to come, they appear to perhaps be the beginning of a wave of violence that would spread to many other regions. An increase in violence in a number of regions on Greece is also supported by the activities that a number of the palaces seem to have been engaging in, which were new developments. What is basically seen was an attempt to fortify them to a greater extent than what had been seen through their history. At Mycenae, the walls surrounding the citadel can be seen as being rebuilt on a grander scale in areas, but also being extended to include a larger area. This extension project also includes the construction of the famous Lion's Gate at the entrance of the citadel. These building projects perhaps a response to the destruction to some of the outlying buildings previously. What also supports this motivation is that a number of building types that had previously been outside of the citadel, such as workshops and storage buildings, were now being included within the fortified walls to extend their protection. This protection from violence then continues to be supported by other construction projects which seems to show the palace was preparing to withstand a siege. The most notable sign here was the construction of a subterranean entrance within the walls, which would allow access to the palace's water supply without having to leave the safety of the fortifications. Additionally, sally ports are seen to have been included into the new protective walls, which would allow the defending force to deploy outside the walls relatively unhindered from a besieging army. This sort of activity wasn't just limited to Mycenae. Similar construction initiatives can be seen as taking place at Tiryns and Athens around the same period. Tiryns would also drastically increase the area that its fortified walls would encompass, including many buildings that had previously lay outside the walls. Athens would also follow suit with fortifications, a new feature in the 13th century, that appear to be copies of the ones seen around Mycenae, Tiryns and other sites on the Argolis. Both Athens and Tiryns would also construct underground chambers to give them access to a water supply without leaving the protection of their walls. This perhaps seeming to be a common undertaking that various palace sites were doing, maybe in response to sieges becoming a common threat to have to deal with during this period. Even though these activities point to a period that seems to indicate an increase in hostile actions, they could still be a response to wars limited to regions within Greece. But some other evidence uncovered elsewhere shows that it was possible these defences were in response to threats that may have originated further afield and were now moving into Greek lands. Well, that's my teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. You can also find the full version to this episode plus other episodes where I've been focusing on the very early history of Greece. These episodes have allowed me to look back to where my series started and focus on topics in isolation and in more detail than I'd gone into before. I'm also open to members helping drive the direction of these episodes, with suggestions of what they would like to see covered. New episodes come out in the first week of every month, and are exclusive to members to show my appreciation for their supporting the series. If you've also been enjoying the series and would like to show your support, you can head over to Patreon at the Casting Through Ancient Greece page. Alternatively, you can discover many ways to support the series over on my website at www.castingthroughancientgreece.com and click on the support the series button. Thank you for listening and supporting the series. I look forward to hopefully seeing you over on Patreon and engaging with you over there.